Next on the Well of Sound, Scott Walker. It's raining today And I'm just about to forget The train window girl That wonderful day we met What was the first Scott Walker song that you heard? Can you remember? Yeah, I can. Oh, wow. Very first Scott Walker song I heard was Jackie. Off okay. The first song That's the off, first uh, album, right? Jackie of uh, Scott 2. Oh, Scott 2. And is that a Jacques Brel song? It is, yeah. Right. They so had so this record clerk. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of uh, at least people our age have these people in their past, but there was a record clerk, record store clerk. The at, guy. At the guy at this incredibly cool... Uh, record store that opened in Birmingham, Alabama. I didn't. I only was there for vacations. My okay. parents lived there for a while, and they oh, is called Noise, and it was just the coolest music store I'd ever yeah. been to. And this guy, this very opinionated, uh, super cool. He saw that I was into the Beach Boys, uh-huh. and he saw that I would like David Bowie, and he said, um, "Well, I was sort of asking him. I I got to this What's level next? where I was sort of little bit wanting to impress him. I was in high school, right. and um." But also start he would he would just play me stuff and he'd play me like Louis Philippe and he'd play me, um, he, uh, you know, Divine Comedy, mm-hmm. and then he played me Scott Walker and he's like, well, this is you really need to know about this and kind of yeah. really pushed it on me and so I got Scott too, and right there, right, right there then, because right that's there. <laughs> he put that one on, drop everything, and actually. Yeah, so that that was how where it was. But I'll tell you the other the other song that really hooked me uh-huh. was um, that he also played to sort of get me interested. But it wasn't available because it was out of print. Was the song "Thanks for Chicago, Mr. James," and that's on the the post one two three four. Yeah, that's on till the band album, comes in. Till the band comes in, and which I this, don't know. It's this beautiful, beautiful song about a gigolo, I think, coming from the country and kind of being disillusioned in the city, and uh, leaving then the sort of you know this man who's taken care of him and initiated him in the ways of the world. Uh, it, but it, you know, sung in Scott's way, it was this. It was like Frank Sinatra crossed with suede. You know, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love suede, Britpop. You know. Right. A little bit of Morrissey, almost. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What was your first? So, uh, so it was. I had a friend, have a friend, uh, who really uh, showed me some. I, I would say I was. It was post college. Um, we were roommates and just would always do deep dives on records. Um, and I was just looking for new stuff. I, I, I was in that position of, I, I wasn't really exploring new music, I think, un- until that stage. Uh-huh. And so I was taking in a lot of music really quickly. Um, and uh, he played, I, and I don't think he knew Scott Walker that well, but he knew of, somebody had played um, the, and I'm going to get it wrong, the... Uh, 
the amorous Humphrey plug for me. <laughs> I love that song. Which um, just, it blew my mind. I don't think I had ever heard really all those elements together at once. The voice, uh, the visual storytelling, the the um, the Broadway-ness, and yep. at the same time, the, the, the Euro-ness. Um, all smashed into one and it just kind of made my head explode and I think I was listening to it slightly ironically but it it was only you know a matter of an hour before I was listening to you know so much more Montague Terrace and Blue and Uh, and getting like you know blown away yeah Montague Terrace and Blue is big for me too well let's hear let's hear the Amherst Humphrey plug what do you say yeah do a little bit of it Hello, Mr. Big Shot. Say you're looking smart. I've had a tiring day. I took the kids along to the park. You've become a stranger. Every night with the boys got a new suit That old smiles come back and I kiss The children goodnight and I slip Away on the newly wax floor So that, I mean, that's it. It's so vivid, so... Um dense with with imagery Mm -hmm. i don't know it's sort of overwhelming the first time you hear that and then matched with his voice and the uh, orchestration arrangement yeah i mean it's it's he was he would use these arrangers Mm -hmm. different ones every well there i think he was there's one we worked with a bunch of time franz i think is his last name okay and um on those four so he had four solo records after yeah let's what how yeah about, we should so probably we should, rewind a little bit rewind but i mean that's to, it right that's the that that's the canon that's the canon that's the sort of the heart of the matter is is those solo albums but before that before that there's the walker brothers which again if you grow up in america you in the united states you don't really hear about the walker brothers right. but they were of Beatle level, almost of Beatle level fame in England. Yet of the you know the joke about the Walker Brothers, it's like the Beach really? Boys that never um, the Beach Boys. None of them could surf. You know, the, okay, yeah. none of them were named Walker, and uh, they right. weren't brothers. Right. So, and Three they were also them. Americans. They right. were all Americans who went over kind of seeking fame and fortune. I think Scott's from California. Scott Engel is his real name. Noel Engel. Right. Um, German parents, I believe, of some. Yeah, some so stripe. he met up with John in L.A. and they were sort of a, a combo guitarist. I guess Scott played bass. Yeah. Um, and John, I think, took the lead on a lot of vocals in the early Walker Brothers stuff. I think so. But then when they hit it big, yeah, with the sun ain't gonna shine anymore. That was the biggest hit they had in America. Okay. Uh, it would made me crack the top twenty, but they had hit after hit after hit in I mean, the UK. Yeah, and they were doing like lots of backrack, you know, make it easy on yourself. Right. Uh, they did, um, you know, walking in the rain. I think they did. Uh, um, the the one that the ones that stick out to me are like after the lights go out and stay with yep. me, baby, is incredibly. They're all these like anglicized uh, Phil Spector, right? G- huge sound, like huge sound, enormous amounts of echo. 
I didn't I didn't realize this, but uh, the sun ain't gonna shine anymore. I only found it out after I'd known about this for ages and ages. It was written by Bob Crew. Yeah, and yeah. Gaudio from yeah. uh, the Four Seasons, yeah, yeah. who went on to then do Watertown, which is one of the first records that you and I were into. At least Gaudio did. Yeah. From Frankie Valley. Yeah. Uh, and so you know the DNA is thick. For there. sure. It's all it's all a match. It's all a match. And Walker during that time, Scott would start to write stuff. But I remember like there being girls chasing them, uh-huh. band clubs. You know which Walker brother do you like the most? That's really, sort of I didn't teeny, realize it was true on that teeny level. bopper stuff. And so somebody made what was I reading? Somebody sort of financed. I think the the third Walker brother guy, guy? Gary Gary okay. Gary uh, his. <laughs> His not dad. enough people named Gary these days. <laughs> no, we got to bring it back to people. <laughs> um, his dad maybe financed them getting over to the UK to oh, do I, that I, initial I tour, that. and then from there it was sort of they caught they caught fire. Um, and then before, so even before that, it seems like Scott had a, some little brushes with fame uh, as far as being like, a, like a, a kid child actor, t- child actor, for, yeah. and maybe sort of a a songster. Um, I, I think now there's there's a release of some really early stuff, uh, and uh, I'm sure know, hopefully this is right. Their, their early years, and just for a little sample of of what we're dealing with, um, here's Bluebell. Like slightly before he hits puberty. Yeah, so it's before puberty. It's before that that baritone that that becomes iconic. But I feel like that's important. That sort of like polished late fifties, early sixties sound to the full arc of mm-hmm. what will become like contemporary Scott is you know it's it's a long journey. The and distance an the guy one. travels just in every conceivable measure uh, is. It's like unprecedented. You, you, okay. Here's like basically a, uh, you know, a a a T, a tier C, you know, child actor yeah. moving to to England to right. become big. Everything else is the you know the the British invasion. Meanwhile, they're getting big over there, and no one in America really wants to listen to them. And uh, he's getting these these songs that they're doing are all standards basically. Right. I mean, they 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 rock them up a little bit, or they they. Again, they make them like almost girl group songs sung by guys. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, uh, and then then little by little through those records, the Walker Brothers LPs, Scott would be allowed to you know have one or two tracks that he would write. And he's really young at this point, and like you know you can know it's a Scott song because it's named something like Orpheus or Archangel <laughs> or uh, After the Lights Go Out. That's a really good one. Let's let's hear a bit of that one. As the sun goes down, my silent little room is growing dim. And the man next door is saying what a lousy 
the major echo on that song yeah that you know actually come to think of it i'm not sure he wrote that one but he did write archangel for sure and he did write i think he wrote in my room okay not the beach boys version right. but then um and it's got that wall of sound feel to doesn't after the lights go out it really pushes oh, up hard huge, right huge huge let's let me hear let me play stay with me baby me away is like he he literally has the most perfect voice for the era mm -hmm. like the fact that he wasn't bigger or the walker brothers weren't huge in the u.s doesn't totally make sense to me but it's just the way yeah you know, it's, it's the way the world works <laughs> you know but the more you listen to him you're right that there is this euro vibe to yes. this guy and it's almost cultivated right i mean For he sure. starts he's like the original you know almost um he always reminds me of um uh what's the amazing movie with bud court uh um uh, Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude. He's the original Harold, sort of, walking around with sunglasses on right. and a pea coat with the collar turned up and some big, you know, scarf. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's 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 windy and rainy and he's walking through Paris, but he's... Mm -hmm. And you, you just assume that he's the second coming of Albert Camus, but he's not. <laughs> he's an American pop star who's gotten, who's gotten huge in Europe but has gotten really into the trappings of it. And so then I guess the, the, the way it goes is that he, um, he's, he's bristling. He wants to, uh, you know, he really wants to do his own music and he comes across some Jacques Brel. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you know the story of how he, how he actually initially gets in touch with the Jacques Brel stuff? No. Um, uh, no, do you? I don't know. Uh, I, I, it I, happened. I but clearly it, it, it happened. It's like, it's sort of, it's sort of magic. I mean, there clearly is, um, a dissatisfaction with within him at sort of every stage you know he he's he sort of nails it and then is quickly done it mm -hmm. seems you know with with once with the walker brother sound eventually 
it's it's as if he's working to undermine it and look for something new. I mean, he really sort of has that consummate artist um, vibe about him. Is you know, once he's done it, he's done, and he's he's looking for the next thing, and the next thing happens to be Jacques Brel, um, as far as a, a you know a spine for that next section, which is the those solo albums, those solo records, like yeah, sixty seven through. 69, 69, 69. and interspersed in that, he's doing a television show. Last year, I had the pleasure of recording some of the songs by the most significant singer-songwriter in the world, Mr. Jacques Brel. This particular song deals with a sadomasochistic love affair. He did a show for the BBC and um, like a sort of variety show. And uh, that was the period when they were, I think, taping over the you know austerity measures and they taped over all the old right. stuff. And so it was pre-YouTube. I think there's a couple of things of footage of him on YouTube singing maybe a couple of the singles from his records. But he was hosting a show. They were, but that's so it's him, not the, not the it's brother. Him. He does this show, meanwhile, recording these records, which are, you know, doubling tripling down on the drama and the euro you know existentialism uh the first record you know only has a few songs written by him but one of them is that montague and blue or montague terrace yeah, which we right. should listen to yes yeah, so let's listen to that The little clocks stop ticking now We're swallowed in the stomach room The only sound to tear the night Comes from the man upstairs His bloated, belching figure stomps He may crash through the ceiling soon The window sees trees cry from cold And claw the moon Just perfect, and you can already you can get the sense from everything we've played so far. Scott Walker, it's like a world yeah. that you enter. It's not um, even an individual song. As incredible as some of the, the the verses and choruses and hooks and sounds are, it's a whole it's a whole basically way of being. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you don't get into them by accident. And well, it's so. Th- it's funny that you say that. That was sort of like everything that I was looking for at that time in my life is mm-hmm. that sound, that sort of all-consuming uh, world. Um, I, I, at the same time, I was obsessed with Lee Hazelwood and yeah, uh, the Cowboy a- in Sweden, and that also sort of supplies that total fullness. Of, oh my gosh! Of 
you know, storytelling, songwriting, sound, everything. It's uh, yeah, Glenn Campbell. This is not. This is like a. Uh, well, I guess he does. There's parallels. There is. There are Except some parallels. It's as if Glenn Campbell decided to, uh, you know, start writing his own songs and and really <laughs> go dark and really go dark and kind of ignore all of the advice anyone related to the commercial side of things was giving him. Although it seems like Scott still wanted to have hits, he does Scott one. He does Scott two. There's more Brell on there. Jackie is one of the songs on there. Amsterdam's on there. Sort of about disease and, you know. Know, people die. My death is one of the songs he sings, and you can understand if it's a if it's a really a teeny bopper crowd. You know, you think of terms of today, if it's like a Justin Bieber kind of crowd, and then he decides to start singing about you know prostitutes in Amsterdam, yeah, and uh, syphilis, yeah, a and, bygone era, a, a little bit, or, yeah, by and 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 definitely evoking almost like the eighteen eighties, yeah, or. I guess that's sort of what he's. Yeah, it, it seems like a match. It's it's like cl- climped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's turn of the century Vienna. Yeah. And uh, here he is doing these. And then he gets to, I remember he gets to uh, Scott 3. Mm-hmm. And Scott 2 at least has the, uh, you know, uh, the appearance of something that could be, have hits on it. Mm-hmm. Scott 3 is, he front loads it with these like, maybe like eight really impenetrable ballads that are incredible, but the very first song, I think, is called It's Raining Today. Yeah, which is phenomenal. It's gorgeous, but, I mean, this is melancholy on a, on a different level uh, that, I mean, again, it speaks to... Um, and that one has 30th Century Man, Man um, which I think is one of his better-known solo songs yeah, during they, that period because they use it in uh i always think of they use it in the life aquatic really well that's what it is uh but it's it, it's also on that record there are all these heavily orchestrated ballads and then there's 30th century man which is him and a guitar and it's short mm-hmm. and it's got a chorus also we came through is a really weird <laughs> entry on that we, album we came through <laughs> just got this yeah it's dun, like dun, a, dun. a western song he likes doing galloping yeah uh, <laughs> we don't do enough there galloping are, there, these days in music strong gallop vibe going on <laughs> um and then scott four has the seventh seal which uh. Y- uh, you know points to his his love of european cinema and um all the all the imagery that goes along with the the bergman film yeah and then it's also got that song about stalin i mean yeah uh, which is I, one of my favorites the old man uh, the old man's back again is is one of the ones that just i would listen to over and over and over again i i really think i what they say is that no one no one bought scott for because he had so alienated people with scott 3 but Scott Four, um, he wrote all the songs, and it was much more accessible. And um, you know, it's like one of those. It's kind of like a Velvet Underground type record where the people that did buy it yeah. formed bands. And you know that at least the the, the, the lore is that um, both Radiohead and Blur both formed out of people that sort of mutually loved Scott Walker. That makes a lot of sense. And they they kind of they talk about that. And yeah. a lot of those arch British. Uh, groups um, that were sort of big in the you know pre-millennial times mm-hmm. were, were uh, I, I, pulp was hugely influenced by Scott Walker actually produced their final record which I think is a masterpiece and Jarvis Cocker jokes is that in true Scott Walker fashion it sold like a third <laughs> of anything that they've ever made right. um, 
But yeah, Scott Four. What's your favorite? Your favorite tunes, old, old man's back again. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I I just love it. I you know I can't put my finger on it. Just like uh, I would say that the the same is true of all the Scott Walker songs. I love. I I, mm-hmm. I love sort of every single thing about it, and it's always sort of changing and slipping through your fingers. Uh, so you know it's hard. They're hard to sum up, but yeah. it's it's really a feeling. You know that you get. You know they 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 he always puts these quotes on his records and you know if if you want to accuse the man of being a little pretentious you could you can understand where people would be coming from because like on the back of Scott Four you open it up and it's this Camus quote mm-hmm. and but it's if you actually read the quote it's unbelievable this is the quote a man's work is nothing but this slow trek to rediscover through the detours of art those two or three great and simple images in whose presence his heart first opened. Nailed it. <laughs> I mean, I think that's I think that's incredible. Yeah, it is. I can roll my eyes at the fact of like a you know a moody artiste quoting Camus, but if you're gonna do it, and you got to be Scott Walker, basically. Well, that's what you have to admire about every step along the way in his career. I mean, he's he, I, I said it before. I mean, he's very much an artist and uh, and changing and. And it's never hitting, you know. It's yeah. it's sort of all, all appreciated in in retrospect, um, and it's it's a it's a wonderful piece of work. But but you know, if you love Scott Walker, if you're just getting into Scott Walker and and you love him, then what you will find in in 2017 is literally nothing like you know the those those four albums. Nothing, nothing. and that's the that's the reputation is yeah. those four albums. Real well, with one major footnote, right? That we'll get about to yeah get yeah to. yeah so well so um, till the band comes in you were saying that uh, he sort of cared but didn't care about uh, 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 commercial yeah hits. he like, he like so co-wrote think, a guy co-wrote it with a guy yeah and I think that maybe the the first four songs uh, or or I'm sorry the second the second half of the album are are all covers and the f- the first half are not and it's sort of a a, a a gimme for the the record uh label that that basically said you know you have to do this and and he was he was in a way desperate for something to, to work out <laughs> yeah but it didn't it, it, it didn't again but again those the songs he wrote were awesome let's hear you want to hear it for yeah. the, thanks for I, Chicago, I know nothing about this album it's it's a it's a really good record but you know even pulp the band jarvis cocker on their record that scott walker produced for them they've got a song called bad cover version and he's at the end he's listing all the things that are like not really the real thing like mm-hmm. the um, planet of the apes on tv mm-hmm. um you know Tom and Jerry when they could talk. It's uh-huh. it, like it's a bad cover version of love, but not the real thing. And then right. he says the second side of till the band comes in, oh, wow. meaning like he disses Scott in a funny way. But here's from the first side of right. till the band comes in. You always said I wouldn't stay. I guess you saw the way before it all began I've always been a changing train And when you think on this You might forgive me then Thanks for Chicago, Mr. James And all the shiny suits And all the shiny names 
things a country boy can't place without the look of shame upon your city face and you needed more than the smile I wore it's only two and a half minutes but I think that's one of my favorite songs but from there well yeah just one thing about that song is is you you always know you're in capable hands, whether the song is sort of pop perfection mm-hmm. or it's something that totally undermines pop perfection. You, you're in the hands of an, of an expert every mm-hmm. time you're listening to, to his songs. And I feel like that's what's sort of exciting about it, even when it, it just takes a left turn. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, lyrically, that, that one really goes, If you, the more you read into it, you're like, wait, what's what's going on here with Mr. James and this country boy? <laughs> and uh, it's, but it's, it's sort of so, so kind of like literary and, and yeah. kind of perfect. And, and maybe his, his, his own contribution to the Jacques Brel canon, but it's, of course, more catchy. It's got this uplifting chorus right. and a key change and the right. choir. You always know he can do it. He can nail it. And then you've got... Um, uh, but yeah, from there. So what comes next? Yeah, it's there, Walker Brothers reunion. No, from there he starts. He cuts like three records, I think. Uh, one's called Stretch, and uh, they're just kind of bad, or it's like almost like uh, uh, you know, middle of the road, uh, soft soft rock. I mean, stuff that I would listen to now and find pretty good. Like they, I think they cover. He covers a couple Jimmy Webb songs in there. But nothing, he does not do, he feels like completely, his own songwriting has been completely rejected. So he kind of, he doesn't. Yeah, he's a little lost. Yeah, he's lost. And I mean, he calls it, he, he's sinking into alcoholism and depression is what okay. he's really doing. But um, there's sort of diminishing returns in what he's doing. And so eventually, 1975 hits. I think Till the Band Comes In comes in 1970. And he, then he releases like three or four records of just kind of pap. Um, or st- and and nostalgia stuff om- almost already, mm-hmm. and he's but he's a young guy. He's mm-hmm. and so they uh, uh, then the Walker Brothers reform in 1975 because right. they think maybe they'll have a hit that way, and they kind of do have a hit. That's with what with no regrets. Oh man, I love that song. You know that's that one song? of my tops. I mean, so that's a that's a Tom Rush song, um, from from what I understand. It's really beautiful. Um, but it's so good but the like i think that is that that's the album that it appears on is them they're like scott doesn't have a shirt on and he's drinking <laughs> he's drinking a beer and i think gary's got like a you know a denim vest on and it's just a very weird situation they feel like they've kind of given up yeah it's and got kind of a a, a, a america slash bread vibe yeah it's a album bread cover or chips you know the, yeah, everyone's yeah. got feathered hair and uh, Scott is a very it's a very far cry. He looks like a Californian for the first time basically ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what he is. But No Regrets is a it is a beautiful version of that song. Yeah, should we hit it? Yeah. That's I love it. I know you're leaving It's too long overdue For far too long 
I've had nothing new to shout to you. Goodbye, dry eyes. I watched your flame fade off west of the moon, and it felt so strange to walk away alone. There's no regrets, no tears goodbye. I don't want you back. We'd only cry again. Say goodbye again. So again, different palette. You get here, maybe even a little disco drums in there. Yeah. Um, it's also but good. Uh, What's we what's weird is that I on a personal level I I didn't know about those albums mm-hmm. until I discovered them ten years after uh disc, you know getting into the the Scott Scott one two three and four for the first time and kind of maxing those out mm-hmm. and then finding these was like oh man there's 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 a whole new set of records to to get into and this sound at that time was also just kind of w- right what i was looking for it, i mean it's a it's, great it's sound. not obtuse it's it's i mean well okay so that song was written by somebody else and it's it's sort of a, a heartfelt um heartbreak uh song um but but there's you know there's nothing hard to figure out about the song yeah no, nothing but it at sounds all. Wonderful. You kind of need need that. You need a chaser for Scott Walker because you're like, I can't do the, yeah. the the really impenetrable lyrics and like uh, I love it, but I, if you sp- spend too much time so in much. there, you're gonna you're gonna really get sad. The, um, <laughs> <laughs> but what um, this is how I understand the next step because this is like the most interesting part of the story in my opinion. They. Uh, they have that record, and it's mm-hmm. sort of a triumph. So they record a it follow is. up. Is that basically? It's yeah, a top twenty hit. Yeah, and uh, then there's a follow up, and that doesn't do well. Lines. Lines is it called? That's the name of the album. Oh, the, the second one's Lines. Then, um, but then the record company, they're like, the record, the record company that signed them is going out of business. So for their third reunion record, they're given completely free reign to do whatever they want, independent of any commercial pressure. And so, or oversight whatsoever. I mean, it's like they're going to close the shop. So like, let's do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And so Scott decides to convinces them or he, uh, who knows what happens. He's inspired. He's like almost resurrected. He has a, um, th- and they record this album night flights and Man. he does four songs on the second side. Mm-hmm. He, the, he lets the other guys, or it's the first side. First side. First side. And it's, that's where you get the real impression of this record. And then you get to the it's second, side B and you're like, like oh, this is a different record. Like a different record. You get the night flights, shut out fat mama kick and the electrician. And they're like, not only a return to form, it's like a whole new Vanguard for popular music is created. They say that this is what Brian Eno and David Bowie were listening to when they did their Berlin trilogy. It's just four songs. Yeah, and you're catapulted into a new sound. I mean, it's ahead of, what's this, like 76 or something? 77? No, I, yeah, something like in there. It's, it's late 70s. I mean, um, 
Should we do Fat Mama Kick or what, what do you what do you think? Is yeah, it? well, the the shutout or Fat Mama Kick kind of like have a certain vibe, and then Night Flights and the Electrician have their own thing. So we could listen Let's to do one of first, yeah, so. yeah. your heart out and yeah i i remember and it's got a little walker gallop to it yeah <laughs> i remember in the in the documentary in 30 century man uh-huh i think it was maybe you know or possibly bowie who said it's like you listen to these songs and you realize this guy who no one had heard from for eight years his original voice you know they'd heard him sing these standards it's like the entire time in secret he'd been developing mm-hmm. and had, had gone through this artistic you know growth and you just pick up with him eight years later, but the whole time he's been sort of ahead of the game. Yep. And he finally has the confidence or the opportunity to put something out. And it's just, you know, it's got this this cutting guitars, menacing keyboards. Like, he double tracks his vocals to make them sound super lethargic slash uh, menacing, ugly. I mean, I don't, what would you, how would well, you describe the, it? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to Drowsy. describe. But, but it, what makes sense is that he influenced he influenced those Berlin records. Yeah. Low uh, station to heroes. Station to heroes. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me because it it definitely feels like a precursor to to that sound and and Lou Reed as well. Um, oh yeah, you know, um, but with with some Walker vocals and and some sort of curveballs. You know, totally. right I mean, and left. The electrician is really the one. It's the one. It's the one. It's Night the flights. one. 
I love. Yeah. But the electrician is sort of the the, the shining track. I mean, what a what a title for a song. Yeah. Should we listen to that? Yeah, too? listen to that. I mean, I remember this is Portishead. You know, like trip yeah. hop. It begins in all of this stuff. So much uh, came out of this goth, basically. Yeah. The entire uh, Dead Can Dance. Uh, you know. You got to see the cover too. It says it all. It's, yeah. it's the same vibe. Um, the electrician. Baby, it's slow. When lights go low, there's no help, no. Baby, it's slow When lights go Foley effect. There's lots of Foley artist uh, stuff going on. He's, you know, in, in Tilt, which comes in the 90s, Ooh. he's got, you know, punching, uh, hanging meat and, and lots of sort of organic sounds happening. But most of all, it is Walker-esque in that it's it's transporting, it's cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really swept into his world um, by these these soundscapes and and he's still you know gradually he he, re- he sort of removes his vocals or or at least lyrics yeah. from a lot of um, his songs um, but you're still getting it there and it's more abstract l- lyric work yeah I mean there's there's you get to the point I remember reading um, there's a quote from him uh, Reese is essentially this is him talking about his like bish bosh I think okay. which is 
his the record before the most recent one but it's mm-hmm. you know he, he goes this is from the late 70s the next time you hear from him is 1984 with climate of the hunter yeah. which is which is actually really great i think track three track three is one of my it's favorites. called track three everyone that's yeah. it's actually and it has a video there's a music video oh, for it really and it's it's creepy and it's sort of new wave and people would say he kind of created new wave with those four songs originally and then he does uh i think it, that track three is a, a he still has the double tracking of the vocals. He's really trying to get the listener to reevaluate what a vocal should sound yes. like, you know. And right. so, if your if your ear he's is accustomed to something else, constantly. he's like delaying his vocal. It sounds like um, like he's falling asleep, but he's angry, or and or he's just sad. And um, you can kind of make it out, and it's operatic still, but. I don't know, but this is what he said. Um, I thought it kind of summed up a lot of this next uh, phase. He says, essentially, I am attempting the impossible over and over, trying to find a way to say the unsayable. For some reason, that just seems to take a lot longer. Mm -hmm. And so he feels like, I remember reading something where he talked about, you know, with Tilt and the Drift and then Bish Bosh, he's trying to remove Scott Walker from it as much as possible. And of course, in the process, it makes it, so eccentric and you know idiosyncratically scott walker it's it's almost shorthand now for late shot walker is equals impenetrable um off the charts um almost ambient yeah uh conflict music nausea you know i can understand i feel like there are there are artists who who go that direction because they 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 don't necessarily have competence in their in their vocals mm-hmm. or vocal styling, you know. Um, you see that with Eno uh, quite a bit. I mean, I, I love those first three records where you know he's he's front and center with with the vocals, but um, he's you wouldn't you don't think him think of him as a as a vocalist. But Scott Walker, his voice is so strong and so evocative. And yet, it's almost as if he is bored by the sound of his voice. It's, yeah. it's almost as if it's like passe. It's to the least sing interesting like thing he could do. He, yeah, even if he's obscuring it heavily. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he sort of hates the idea of beauty. It seems like he, I, I could see that. I mean, he's. I think he's really trying to do something new, something transcendent mm-hmm. that is uncomfortable, almost like. They say that the what he's trying to like. I remember, tr- it's almost more fun to read about the late stuff than to actually listen to it. Actually, it's a lot more fun to read about it for sure. And uh, he said he, the the moments of humanity that peek through are the point of this like kind of like nauseating uh, bish bosh of music that that's sort of semi music and and discordant notes and you know untuned pianos and and all of a sudden then there'll be one note or one brief glimpse of something beautiful and it's all the more beautiful yeah i remember him saying that um someone asked him about uh just he someone asked him why uh he's making the records he's making the the way and like that they maybe their current records the current records yeah the Guardian, I think, was asking. They said that they they noticed something kind of strangely life affirming about his work, and he said a lot of it has to do with contentment. Might be too strong a word, but it might be to do with the fact that I'm at last able to make the records I want to make because I went through a patch when I was a leper when nobody wanted to get near me. So he's got zero time basically for trying to 
placate anyone. Right. And um, and that would make sense. I mean, it seems like you know m- much of his many of his songs, like original Walker Brothers songs is is about that is mm-hmm. is sort of stepping into what pop expectations are so it would seem like he would have left those you know far far behind a long time ago yeah i mean i remember uh there was a i think uh when bowie was having a birthday one of his later birthdays cuz mm-hmm. david bowie loved scott walker so much that you know his his record outside that he and eno made mm-hmm. in in 1995 oh, yeah. yep. he that, that was him trying to do a scott walker record okay. but like a night flights type for scott walker right. record and it's it's nightmarish in the way that a lot of scott's that's kind of people also call them nightmarish though i'm not sure that's totally accurate but eno is confessed to say that we've never really gotten any further than scott walker but actually so bowie is on this um on the air i could we should play it probably David Bowie is, right. is is flapped. You know, right. he's he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And this is Bowie. Yeah, right. He had but Bowie has to have an idol and for him it's Scott Walker who Which, uh who's so far out there that you know you can barely see him at this right. point. You're always chasing him. That's for sure. So what are your uh yeah. what are your five? Top 5 for me would be uh uh Mono Uterus in Blue. It would be um uh definitely Thanks for Chicago Mr. James. Uh, I really love his, um, his Tim Harden covers, Black Sheep Boy and oh, Lady yeah. from Baltimore. Probably Black Sheep Boy was the one that, one that gets me the most. But, um, I, I actually, let's, let's take that off the, because I, um, love, uh, the old man's back again. I'm, I'm there with you on um, that. Yeah, I love it. Uh, you know, oh, but off of Scott four, there's almost everything. I mm-hmm. like, I love Get Behind Me. I love, anyway, but I would say, say so I would say uh, Montague Terrace. I'd say thanks for Chicago, Mr. James. I would say the old man's back again, um, and then I would go to um, probably night flights followed by the electrician. Or if we if the electrician is just too much, then I would go to track three from Climate of the Hunter. Yeah, 
I'm right there with you on on all those <laughs> all, all those choices. I I love track three. Mm-hmm. Um, that that came late to me. Um, so I read that uh, Billy Ocean uh, somehow is is on that album, and and Mark Knopfler is on that album as well. I, I didn't Mark know Knopfler, that. I can understand, but I gotta find the Billy Ocean in there somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, I totally. I'm I love all those. I actually really like lines. A lot that album mm-hmm. um so you know I'm, I'm gonna piggyback off of your great choices and and throw in um lines mm-hmm. the song okay from the album is great um inside of you which i think would be worthy of of, of playing okay it's, uh let's go out it's to that pointing one. towards night flights a, a little bit as far as uh, uh lyrics go um and sound um so lines inside of you uh i love no regrets um and taking it all in stride is another one that's actually john uh walker um, also on lines uh but yeah i i montague terrace in blue give me something here throw it in amorous humphrey plug it's just so bombastic and and ridiculous um but yeah how about inside of you Ooh, it's, it's creepy. Erotic. I have been lonely, lost and forgotten, crying at sundown, burning the mountain. The beauty of that freedom. Can't match the beauty of what I feel when I'm inside of you. I've been a young man running at daybreak, hearing my footsteps, the sound of the wind. Prisoner of my past Held by dreams that never last I can only be myself When I'm inside of you All of the lonely smiles Of broken dreams The endless miles all of the days and years, the promises, the held back tears, disappear. Always on the outside, never knowing why. Then you let me in your heart, it felt so good to cry. And I feel like I belong when I 